Hello. Okay, I'm here today with Chapter 6, The Lessons of Love. I'll be reading the introduction and Section 1, The Message of the Crucifixion. Okay, so the introduction. The relationship of anger to attack is obvious, but the relationship of anger to fear is not always so apparent. Anger always involves projection of separation, which must ultimately be accepted as one's own responsibility rather than being blamed on others. So anger is a clear sign that I'm projecting and I always have two options. I can relax back out of projection into extension and that takes practice, which is fine because I have time and what's time for now? Time is for healing. So. Anything related to anger, any least little bit of not good feeling means, hey, I'm projecting. It's my habit to project. I can relax back into extension. That's always my option. Or another way of saying that is I'm seeing what seems to be outer, you and everything else, um, as ego wants me to see it. It's my invention, my programming <laughs> wants me to see it. And my other option is always to see you and everything that looks outer as spirit would have me see it. I always have only two options, only two guides, and I can always choose spirit as a guide. Okay, let's see. Anger cannot occur unless you believe that you have been attacked, that your attack is justified in return, and that you are in no way responsible for it. So feeling is so important. Being aware of when feeling starts to toggle over into tension, into fatigue, into irritation, into blame, into the satisfaction of having something to focus on and blame. So I become a watcher of how I feel and know when I start moving in a certain direction, hey, <laughs> I can stop, I can look at the thinking, I can relax out of it. I can be shown. I can ask to be shown. Okay. Given these three wholly irrational premises, the equally irrational conclusion that a brother is worthy of attack rather than of love must follow. And as my brother is my mirror, then if I think you're worthy of attack, I think I'm worthy of attack. And that's a merry-go-round I can get off of. I can see through anger and blame and judgment, thinking I know what you're up to and what you're about and how you're doing it and criticizing that. That's always an attack on myself. It's never not an attack on myself. So I can get off that merry-go-round. And um, just getting into attack, thinking that somebody knows, somebody thinking that they know where somebody else is going wrong, how they've got it wrong, that seems to be something I see a lot in other people, right? <laughs> and I'm tempted to criticize that when really I'm sitting here thinking I know where they're going wrong. Where they're going wrong is that they're finding something in somebody else to criticize and they're thinking they know where that one is going wrong. But if I don't look at myself in the seat here looking at them, that's a form of attack. That's a form of anger. 
irritation. <laughs> That's it. That's a form of attack. I'm attacking myself by thinking of them that way. So I'm learning to stop analyzing them and what they seem to be doing. I'm learning to stop and ask. I'm learning to stop. I'm learning to ask. Show me who they really are. I know this is inaccurate. It's just past patterning. And I'm ready to be done with that now. What can be expected from insane premises except an insane conclusion? The way to undo an insane conclusion is to consider the sanity of the premises on which it rests. You cannot be attacked. Attack has no justification. And you are responsible for what you believe. And just a reminder to myself, any analysis of you sitting back and analyzing you and thinking I know your motives and thinking I know what you're about, that's a form of attack. It's not as overt as harsh criticism, but it's still me attacking me. And so I'm really becoming aware of that. You have been asked to take me as your model for learning since an extreme example is a particularly helpful learning device. Everyone teaches and teaches all the time. This is a responsibility you inevitably assume the moment you accept any premise at all. And no one can organize his life without some thought system. Once you have developed a thought system of any kind, you live by it and teach it. Your capacity for allegiance to a thought system may be misplaced, but it is still a form of faith and can be redirected. So anytime I feel something not good, that's my faith in ego's thought system. And it can be redirected. So what can I do when I don't feel good? I don't find a cause in the world, which I'm used to doing. That's when I go into analysis. I analyze the cause I found. Instead, I can go in very quickly and understand I'm being directed by ego thought system and I'm open to redirection from spirit right now. You can show me another way to see this. Okay, so section one, the message of the crucifixion. For learning purposes, let us consider the crucifixion again. I did not dwell on it before because of the fearful connotations you may associate with it. And uh, I'll be honest, where I am with it right now is still reliant on ego because I want to ask Jesus questions about it. <laughs> I want to say, um, if you were attacked, you must have been projecting attack. That is ego's great solution to accusing Jesus, <laughs> I guess. But what I can see, what I can see is I am not here to analyze a single other one of anybody, of any of you, because you're not single other ones. And the only purpose of healing is for my mind, not any other mind. I can't analyze what was going on for Jesus. And I can't really analyze what's going on for you. Not from the ego perspective. I can only allow healing here. Allow me to see it. Allow spirit to show you, show me you as you are 
or show me Jesus as he is. The healing is for my perspective. It's not for me to analyze anyone else's experience or anyone else's perspective ever. It's can I look upon you with love or not? And if I can't, I have to apply to spirit for help. Okay, the only emphasis laid upon it so far has been that it was not a form of punishment. Nothing, however, can be explained in negative terms only. There is a positive interpretation of the crucifixion that is wholly devoid of fear and therefore wholly benign in what it teaches, if it is properly understood. The crucifixion is nothing more than an extreme example. Its value, like the value of any teaching device, lies solely in the kind of learning it facilitates. It can be and has been misunderstood. This is only because the fearful are apt to perceive fearfully. I have already told you that you can always call on me to share my decision and thus make it stronger. I have also told you that the crucifixion was the last useless journey the sonship need take and that it represents release from fear to anyone who understands it. The last useless journey. I think I'm getting it. <laughs> I think I'm coming out of criticism of Jesus. I think I'm getting it. I think that was an acknowledgement that he felt fear and that he, uh, I'm analyzing again, <laughs> that he overcame it and connected us up essentially to that which serves us now, the Holy Spirit, and, and helps us on our way. Okay, just finding my place here. While I emphasized only the resurrection before, <clears throat> the purpose of the crucifixion and how it actually led to the resurrection was not clarified then. Nevertheless, it has a definite contribution to make to your own life. And if you will consider it without fear, it will help you understand your own role as a teacher. You have probably reacted for years as if you were being crucified. Well, yes, I have. <laughs> Anytime I think I'm subject to anything, like if we don't like the weather, <laughs> you know, even as simple as that. Uh, if I don't like coconut, <laughs> I think I'm subject to something that seems to be here. Yeah, I am. This is a marked tendency of the separated who always refuse to consider what they have done to themselves. And this is something I can remember. In any moment of disquiet, I have done this to myself. I have made this up. I have done this to myself. Then when I look at Jesus in that light, I have made this up. I have done this to myself. I'm like, hey, buddy, <laughs> were you on the cross being like, oh, I've done this to myself. That's okay. I'll just relax into extension. And then that's how it happened. I don't know. I feel like I'm not supposed to analyze it, really. <laughs> but I will be honest with you where I am. That's where I am. He overcame something. But I I don't know. I'm still trying to analyze him. I'm not over it. Because I'm thinking you were on that cross having issues. Because you were attacked. How could anybody possibly attack you? If you weren't attacking yourself. You had to be attacking yourself. That's all we can ever do. And so there's me judging Jesus. There it is. 
<laughs> out in the light of day, trying to figure out, trying to analyze him, trying to look at his motives. And I, that's something I need to learn to stop doing. The ego wants to understand. The ego wants to figure out. I'm really seeing that more and more. But I have to be patient with myself while that works itself out and just relax back into extension wherever I can. Or if we take a different perspective on I made this up, I made up a world where part of the history is attack on a brother. I made up a world where I made this up. I'm doing this to myself. Where in the past there's this history of attack, which never happened. It never happened. But we're talking about this as if as if it did happen. So uh, let me focus back on this again. Okay, I'm going to back up a sentence. This is a marked tendency of the separated who always refuse to consider what they have done to themselves. Projection means anger. Anger fosters assault. And assault promotes fear. And I, I can't help myself. I'm like, well, you were assaulted. Anger fo fosters assault. Assault promotes fear. People were scared of Jesus in the story. So is this, he's admitting? He's admitting to be, being human? He's admitting to... <laughs> this is, is this where you get with some people in your life where you want them to admit something? Oh, you're finally admitting when you've projected it all? I'm in a funny place with this, as you can see. <laughs> um, anyhow, let me continue. The real meaning of the crucifixion lies in the apparent intensity of the assault on some of the sons of God upon another. So I'm looking at that story, I see attack. This, of course, is impossible and must be fully understood as impossible. Attack is impossible. Intensity of attack is impossible. I'm saying this to myself to let it sink in. I'm hearing it, kind of repeating it to myself to let it sink in. Otherwise, I cannot serve as a model for learning. Assault can ultimately be made only on the body. There is little doubt that one body can assault another and can even destroy it. Yet, if destruction itself is impossible, anything that is destructible cannot be real. So, anything physical is not real. Destruction in the physical means nothing. Its destruction, therefore, does not justify anger. To the extent to which you believe that it does, you are accepting false premises and teaching them to others. The message the crucifixion was intended to teach was that it is not necessary to perceive any form of assault and persecution. So you can not see assault there. You can look at that and not see assault. Because you cannot be persecuted. The mind, our mind cannot be persecuted. We're mind, we're not body. If you respond with anger, you must be equating yourself with the destructible and are therefore regarding yourself insanely. So if there's any reactivity to what seems like attack, you, you know attack doesn't exist. But if I start indulging in the belief that attack does exist and it is real, 
then I'm regarding myself and therefore everybody else insanely. I have made it perfectly clear that I am like you and you are like me, but our fundamental equality can be demonstrated only through joint decision. You are free to perceive yourself as persecuted if you choose. When you do choose to react that way, however, you might remember that I was persecuted as the world judges and did not share this evaluation for myself. And because I did not share it, I did not strengthen it. I therefore offered a different interpretation of attack and one which I want to share with you. If you will believe it, you will help me teach it. How do we teach it? We believe. (laughs) Our belief is teaching. As I have said before, as you teach, so shall you learn. If you react as if you are persecuted, you are teaching persecution. This is not a lesson a son of God should want to teach if he is to realize his own salvation. Rather, teach your own perfect immunity, which is the truth in you, and realize that it cannot be assailed. So no matter what the circumstances seem to be, no matter what the outer factors seem to be, we are immune. We cannot be harmed. And as we believe this, we teach this. The body could be harmed, the body could be attacked, but we are not the body. Okay, just finding my place here. Do not try to protect it yourself or you are believing that it is assailable. So anything I defend, anything I try to protect, I'm testifying to its weakness. So what I'm here to see is the strength, the essential strength in immunity and invulnerability that is the truth of me and everyone else and to be here in defenselessness. You are not asked to be crucified, which was part of my own teaching contribution. You are merely asked to follow my example in the face of much less extreme temptations to misperceive and not to accept them as false justifications for anger. So we're here just to not fall into anger when we think something is attacking us and to not see it as attack. And how do I not see it as attack? For me, I see it as a reflection. I can, I can just start to know when my feelings going a certain way. It's helping me find the thinking I was already attached to. It's helping me take that thinking to the light and allow it to dissolve. So anything that would seem like attack is actually helping me because it's pinging the thinking that was already there. I was already attached to it. And it's causing me to take that those thoughts to the light and to, to claim my freedom. Okay. There can be no justification for the unjustifiable. Do not believe there is and do not teach that there is. Remember always that what you believe, you will teach. Believe with me and we will become equal as teachers. So believe that attack is not possible. We are one. Um, We are mind. I know people in other traditions use the word mind 
to mean ego. In this case, it's just referring to our oneness and that we're mind, not body. And we are whole and we cannot be attacked despite what we believe we're witnessing. We cannot be attacked and neither can anyone else. As we truly are, not bodies, no one can be attacked. Okay, your resurrection is your reawakening. I am the model for rebirth, but rebirth itself is merely the dawning on your mind of what is already in it. God placed it there himself, and so it is true forever. I believed in it and therefore accepted it as true for me. Help me to teach it to our brothers in the name of the kingdom of God, but first believe that it is true for you, or you will teach a myth. So that's my job. <laughs> I have to believe that this is true for me, that I am immune, that I am invulnerable, that I don't need a defense, that I cannot be harmed, that I do not need to go into any reactivity over anything ever. <laughs> I cannot be hurt. This is what I need to believe. And then it, that, that in itself is the teaching. That makes sense for me. Because as I receive messages and share them, what my friends tell me is always the same thing. It's, it's, it's nice that you share these and, and other people can read them and benefit from them. And will never tell you that's not a benefit. But what they always tell me is the most important thing about this is the state of mind you're in when you're receiving and sharing the message. When you're coming into belief in what's real and releasing your belief in what isn't real. The state of mind you're in and that backs this up. That's the teacher. So could I get followers or comments or likes in the world? Yeah, but that's not the point. <laughs> the numbers or the reactions are not the point at all. The reactions of egos to another ego. It's the state of mind I'm in when I'm receiving and sharing. And that feels very true to me. Okay, let's see where we are. My brother slept during the so-called agony in the garden. But I could not be angry with them because I knew I could not be abandoned. I am sorry when my brothers do not share my decision to hear only one voice, because it weakens them as teachers and as learners. Yet I know they cannot really betray themselves or me, and that it is still on them that I must build my church. There is no choice in this because only you can be the foundation of God's church. A church is where an altar is, and the presence of the altar is what makes the church holy. A church that does not inspire love has a hidden altar that is not serving the purpose for which God intended it. I must found his church on you, because those who accept me as a model are little, literally my disciples. Disciples are followers, and if the model they follow has chosen to save them pain in all respects, they are unwise not to follow him. I elected for your sake and mine to demonstrate that the most outrageous assault, as judged by the ego, that's what I was doing when I was trying to figure him out. I was judging on a body level, and I was believing that assault and attack, as the ego defines them, are real. As the world judges these things, but not as God knows them, I was betrayed, abandoned, 
beaten, torn, and finally killed. It was clear that this was only because of the projection of others onto me, since I had not harmed anyone and had healed many. I will be honest with you. <laughs> this sentence is problematic. Problematic for me. I have not gotten over it yet. So <laughs> if you have a perspective, share it with me. Because I don't believe I'm here to declare that others are projecting on me. If I'm declaring that's what's happening, it's one mind. I'm not here to judge the others. And the events I thought happened didn't happen anyhow, so I can't use those events as proof of any kind. I'm just supposed to be here in the mind and not accuse anyone else of projection. It's here in this mind where the healing can happen. So I never get that. Since I had not harmed anyone and had healed many, but they didn't harm you. And I don't know, there's something I really don't get about that sentence because it seems comparative. It seems like, I know he's claiming he's not a victim, but it seems like he's saying, well, I was the innocent one here. Well, they were the innocent ones too. They didn't know it. They didn't, there's something I'm not getting. So I, I look forward to getting it. <laughs> we are still equal as learners, although we do not need to have equal experiences. Remember how I'm not supposed to analyze anyone else? How am I doing that? <laughs> the Holy Spirit is glad when you can learn from mine and be reawakened by them. That is their only purpose. And that is the only way in which I can be perceived as the way, the truth, and the life. When you hear only one voice, you are never called on to sacrifice. On the contrary, by being able to hear the Holy Spirit in others, you can learn from their experiences and can gain from them without experiencing them directly yourself. That is because the Holy Spirit is one, and anyone who listens is inevitably led to demonstrate His way for all. This is what I really appreciate lately, that anyone I think of, anyone I seem to look upon, I can hear Holy Spirit through them. So I really appreciate this aspect lately. And if I'm in the right frame of mind, I can allow Spirit to speak to me through everything, no exceptions. So that's, that to me is a very beautiful thing. I'm going to loop back to that sentence I didn't understand. Let's see. It was clear that this, the being abandoned, beaten, torn, and finally killed, was only because of the projection of others onto me since I had not harmed anyone and had healed many. So he's not saying it actually happened. If I'm, if I'm projecting onto him that he was actually abandoned, beaten, torn, killed, I'm not seeing him for who he is. That didn't actually happen. So in the story... That's what it, lo it looked like that happened. In the story, it looks like he had not harmed anyone and had healed many. That's the way the story went. But the story is not the reality. That's how I'm seeing it right now. Because I thought we weren't supposed to judge individuals as harming or healing. 
I'm still a little bit caught up on that. <laughs> it seems like that sentence try is trying to claim special innocence for him. I had not harmed anyone and had healed many. Well, they weren't harming you, right? But it looked like they were. I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> now I have to find where I am. Okay, I think we're in section 11. You are not persecuted, nor was I. You are not asked to repeat my experiences because the Holy Spirit whom we share makes this unnecessary. Isn't that nice? We don't have to be crucified in any way. To use my experiences constructively, however, you must still follow my example and how to perceive them. My brothers and yours are constantly engaged in justifying the unjustifiable. My excuse me, my one lesson which I must teach as I learned it is that no perception that is out of accord with the judgment of the Holy Spirit can be justified. I undertook to show this was true in an extreme case, merely because it would serve as a good teaching aid to those whose temptation to give in to anger and assault would not be so extreme. I will with God that none of his sons should suffer. The crucifixion cannot be shared because it is the symbol of projection. Okay, so the crucifixion, that's the symbol of projection. But the resurrection is the symbol of sharing because the reawakening of every son of God is necessary to enable the sonship to know its wholeness. Only this is knowledge. The message of the crucifixion is perfectly clear. Teach only love, for that is what you are. If I'm going to do that, I can never look at you and say, hey, you are not teaching love. <laughs> I have analyzed you and found you to be wanting. You are not teaching love. But in contrast to you, I am blah, 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 blah. That is essential. <laughs> that is essential. Okay. If you interpret the crucifixion in any other way, you are using it as a weapon for assault rather than as the call for peace for which it was intended. The apostles often misunderstood it. I, Ego wants to complain. <laughs> really, Ego wants to say, couldn't you have given us a simpler story? <laughs> why, why is that hard to understand? Um, but that's just, that's just what it is. <laughs> not what it isn't. Okay, continuing. The apostles often misunderstood it, and for the same reason that anyone misunderstands it, their own imperfect love made them vulnerable to projection, and out of their own fear, they spoke the, of the wrath of God as his retaliatory weapon. Nor could they speak of the crucifixion entirely without anger, because their sense of guilt had made them angry. These are some of the examples of upside-down thinking in the New Testament, although its gospel is really only the message of love. If the apostles had not felt guilty, they never could have quoted me as saying, I come not to bring peace but a sword. This is clearly the opposite of everything I taught. I had a vision about this, and I don't know the Bible very well, but certain parts um, <clears throat> might make sense to me or could be given to me and then I'll look up later. 
and maybe I kind of heard them before and forgot. But uh, so, yeah, know that I am not a biblical scholar in any sense. I, d I really don't care about the Bible. I just never have. Except for when I hear certain parts, I just light up. Like when I hear lilies of the field, I just light up and <laughs> I love it. Other than that, I am not interested. Okay, so know that before you hear my biblical vision. Um, what was he quoted as saying? I come not to bring peace, but a sword. So I had this vision where Jesus was standing there with a sword. And I was like, okay, um, what's, where's this going? And what he was helping me with was sorting out, you know, my thoughts. And he would pick them up and take, use a sword to, maybe they were like spaghetti or they were something he could lift up with a sword and put this in this pile and put the other one in that pile. And he was just helping me sort them out and sword. Doesn't that sound like sorting <laughs> sword sort? So I don't care if he comes not with peace, but with a sword <laughs> because he helped me sort thoughts out. And I could say this pile, like when you're cleaning your house, that pile I donate or I trash or I keep, you know, he helped me figure out what to keep and what to let go of. So he has a sorting capability that's very helpful. So you could also interpret um, that line that way. Okay. It's always funny after I have a biblical vision because I have to, I'm Googling, I'm saying, what is this? What is this? Where was this in the Bible? What does this mean? And I learn after the fact, <laughs> but it's, it's a fun way for the Bible to be used. Okay. I'm just finding my place. This is clearly the opposite of everything I taught. Nor could they have described my reactions to Judas as they did if they had really understood me. I could not have said, Betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss, unless I believed in betrayal. So, uh, yeah, I don't have a vision to go with that one. <laughs> Maybe you will. The whole message of the crucifixion was simply that I did not, that I did not? Oh, he didn't believe in betrayal. The punishment I was said to have called forth upon Judas was a similar mistake. Judas was my brother and a son of God, as much a part of the sonship as myself. Was it likely that I would condemn him when I was ready to demonstrate that condemnation is impossible? As you read the teachings of the apostles, remember that I told them myself that there was much they would understand later, because they were not wholly ready to follow me at the time. I do not want you to allow any fear to enter into the thought system toward which I'm, I am guiding you. I do not call for martyrs, but for teachers. So we don't have to suffer. We only have to believe in what's true and let go of the belief in what's untrue. And that's the teaching. Our belief is the teaching. No one is punished for sins, and the sons of God are not sinners. Any concept of punishment involves the projection of blame and reinforces the idea that blame is justified. So looked at through this lens, if something happened to the body that looked like punishment, he never saw it that way. The result is a lesson in blame, for all behavior teaches the beliefs that motivate it. 
The crucifixion was the result of clearly opposed thought systems, the perfect symbol of the conflict between the ego and the Son of God, which you are. <laughs> it's not just one body. This conflict seems just as real now, and its lessons must be learned now as well as then. I do not need gratitude, but you need to develop your weakened ability to be grateful, or you cannot appreciate God. He does not need your appreciation, but you do. You cannot love what you do not appreciate, for fear makes uh, appreciation impossible. When you are afraid of what you are, you do not appreciate it and will therefore reject it. As a result, you will teach rejection. The power of the sons of God is present all the time because they were created as creators. And this is what's really alive in me lately, to know that the power is present in all of us and everything and every situation all the time. I only have to relax back into it and call upon it. That's very beautiful to me lately. Their influence on each other is without limit and must be used for their joint salvation. And that's, that's to me, that's appreciating everyone and everything. Not their surface, not what ego would make of their surface, just what they are, just what's present everywhere and everything. Each one must learn to teach that all forms of rejection are meaningless. The separation is the notion of rejection. As long as you teach this, you will believe it. This is not as God thinks, and you must think as he thinks if you are to know him again. Remember that the Holy Spirit is the communication link between God the Father and his separated sons. If you will listen to his voice, you will know that you cannot either hurt or be hurt, and that many need your blessing to help them hear this for themselves. When you perceive only this need in them, and do not respond to any other, that's, that's a big one, the only need anyone has is to understand they, they can't be hurt. They can't hurt and they can't be hurt. This is oh, this explains why I've been like I've been with my kids, but still not quite understanding it. <laughs> because when there's a conflict, I just often do nothing. I, I come into it and I'm there and I listen and I give hugs but I don't try to explain or analyze the behavior of the one who is said to have done something. I'm just kind of looking into the past and telling you what it looks like, knowing it, my response could change at any moment. And, and it just calms down from there. And there's no figuring it out or trying to get anybody's behavior to change. It's just, you know, coming back into calm and sanity and just waiting till we feel good and moving on from there. So that makes sense. Let me read it again. You cannot either hurt or be hurt and that many need your blessing to help them hear this for themselves. When you perceive only this need in them, we need to know we're not victims. We need to know we're not victimizers and do not respond to any other. That's the only need anyone has. You will have learned of me and will be as eager to share your learning as I am. That makes a lot of sense to me. I appreciate 
I was going to say that part of it. Why? Because I don't appreciate other parts. <laughs> That's really standing out for me, though. Okay, I'm wishing you well in your learning and unlearning. And uh, feel free to comment if you can, if you have something, a perspective that will be helpful for me. Thank you.